Welcome to the second episode of MagCast. Uh, I'm Jeremy Leslie and I'm at the Mag Culture office in London. And I'm Maddie and I'm in Berlin. Uh, and we're going to be um, sharing some talk with a couple of guests who we'll come to in a minute. Uh, but the, uh, the, prime, uh, the, the main um, focus of our attention is going to be the magazine Makeshift. Um, it's just published its 15th issue and also announced that that's going to be its final issue. Um, which is it's always sad to hear when a magazine closes. Um, I think I think we'd probably been covering it anyway, but it gives an added poignancy that it's that there's not going to be a sixteenth issue. Describing itself as a field guide to hidden creativity, uh, the magazine uh, is a is a is a practical guide to uh, some of the more serious issues that are facing the world, and they've dealt with various particular subjects. Uh, I think it's fair to say in, in, here in the Mag Culture Shop we've got lots of beautiful magazines about creativity and being creative. This, this is a very particular type of creativity. It's creativity to solve problems and serious problems in the world. Um, so today I'm in Berlin with Ricarda Messner. And Hello. Ricarda is the <laughs> founder and publisher of Planar magazine, which... Mag culture readers should know well because we often discuss it on the site. It takes a different street for each issue and it explores it throughout the magazine through design and storytelling. And um, Ricarda is also um, the publisher of her own press, Edition Messner. Um, she was named one of 100 women to watch by Purple magazine. Oh my God. And, <laughs> and she's also just started a new magazine, which we'll be discussing today. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm joined by Rob Orchard, one of the founders of uh, Delayed Gratification, which uh, is, I'm sure, similarly well-known by my culture readers, but nonetheless, in case you don't know it, uh, it's a quarterly magazine. It deals with the news, but it takes advantage of uh, print's slowness to the news to give you a three-month roundup of the news uh, a little later than, exactly than you right. might have had yeah. it online. Bang on, bang on. So welcome, Rob. <laughs> uh, I think we're gonna, uh, we'll start with a look at delayed gratification. Um, number 22 is just released. That's right, yeah. Um, that's a lot of issues. That's Five what, and a half long years. Yeah, yeah. Never get that back. Long years. Yeah. <laughs> um, was there ever a point during those years where you got as far as writing a farewell email? Or, or have you... No, it, no, no. I guess, no. <laughs> I guess we haven't because... I think probably... I mean, we've got down to... We've quite often got down to the point where actually it would probably make sense to start making exit plans because there have been some pretty, like, pretty kind of tough moments, um, you know, when they're just the kind of the money basically ran out and all that sort of stuff. But I think we we always just kind of figured that something would kind of come through and that we keep it going because mm-hmm. it was um, it was slightly unthinkable to us to to sort of to let it drop. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, so we've never we've never got quite that far happily. Uh, but there have been a few times when maybe we kind of been mm-hmm. uh, you know we could see that in the distance. Uh, and I remember, I remember talking to you early early on in the magazine how uh, in the early issues the the point size of the of the type was far too small. I'm sure you've made other changes since. But what what what's what's new in the new issue in 22? Well, so so every year we redesign. Right. And this is our redesigned issue, issue 22, mm-hmm. and we did it in issue 18, uh, and so on and so forth. And uh, yes, for the first two issues. We had so many words that we wanted to put in that we printed it at something like 7.5 point size, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> like Only people with 20-20 vision and magnifying glasses can really read it sort of thing. So if you do get a copy of issues one and two, it's filled with good stuff that you'll, be, you'll find it incredibly <laughs> difficult to read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so we've been talking about, you know, so like we're, we're very, very slow moving in almost everything we do. So we've been having like this long running 
kind of editorial war of attrition about whether we should include page numbers. And that particular innovation hasn't been introduced this time round. Uh, but what we have done this time round is we have we have increased the point size a little bit further. further. And get this, we've also increased the leading. Right. Uh, so that double so there must means, be a devastatingly yeah. fewer words in this issue. There are, there are. So we've gone from 400 words average per page to 330, uh-huh. um, which just means actually that you're kind of forced to let things out a bit more, mm-hmm. which is no bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think it really, honestly, I think it makes such a big difference. And mm-hmm. It was such a big kerfuffle just kind of making up our minds to do that. And then we've done it. And I really, really like it. And there's lots and lots and lots of little tweaks in there. Which, um, which probably most people won't notice, but I think go over to kind of to making some of our treatments a bit more sober, but meaning that kind of the more colourful, jolly treatments really kind of shine out mm-hmm. as well as kind okay. of things of, of, of so you know, so of, more of a, of a change of character from different. Yeah, different I mean, types. it's really it's it's really kind of to be, to be honest, it's relatively small um, tweaks. We had this ridiculous um, meeting before the redesign. Where we all sat down and were like, right, so what are we going to change? Like, we can just, like, blank canvas, we can do anything. And they were like, we've changed that. And people were like, mm, no, but I like that. Yeah, and we've changed this. Yeah, but that, no, that's that's one of my favourites. And it just got, basically got down to mm-hmm. me saying, can we make the font slightly bigger? Okay. And everyone's like, yes, okay, that's fine. But, um, Successful meeting. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm so proud of this. This is our single best magazine we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Single best issue of the magazine. Um, and uh, Because of that innovation? But, but, no, 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 no. <laughs> It's just it's just filled with good stories, uh-huh. and we're just at a nice stage now. So five and a half years in, where we really really know what makes kind of a, a really good story for okay. this magazine, and we've just got this great network of people sending us great stuff, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, no, it's great. So we've got lots of we've got um, this beautiful photo feature about the standoff in Oregon. Uh, between uh, militiamen and the federal government and we commissioned a photographer who was there at the standoff um, at the Malheur uh, uh, National Refuge um, he was there over the course of the standoff and then it had um, had kind of a, a sad ending one of the militiamen was killed um, and uh, we sent him back uh, a couple of months later mm-hmm. to see what had been going on in the town and locally and how people had been reacting and so on and he's brought home this beautiful beautiful photo essay both of you know these kind of like these morbidly obese militia men with their kind of big rifles and also the town afterwards it's a fantastic piece so how much of your stuff is commissioned anew like that um so i would say probably about 50 percent of our stuff is written in-house and then 50 percent is going out and finding journalists and having people pitch us stuff and, and commissioning from mm-hmm. from fresh mm-hmm. how much time do you take to put an issue together three months like it, it, it kind of is, and it's, it's. I'm sure you guys have a sort of a similar, sort of publishing emotional roller coaster, but it's, it's still this. You know, you're just at the beginning. You're like ideas, ideas, ideas. <laughs> then there's the middle section, which is just quiet panic, growing into like you know, outward massive panic, and then there's just kind of the slow kind of last two weeks where you're just like, God, magazines. Why am I doing magazines? Like, I could do, I could do anything with my life. Magazines. Why would you magazines? I could be a gardener, and I often say to my wife stuff like. <laughs> Maybe I could become a guitar teacher. Like, I'd have to learn the guitar first, <laughs> but then I could teach. That'd be a lovely thing to do. And she's like, well, you've got a guitar and you're not very kind of good at it. You don't kind of pick it up that much. So, um, and then you kind of get it out at the end and you, you, you love it. And, and then it's, it's the kind of fine. The best issue you've ever made, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Do you have a similar thing, Ricardo? Yeah, we're in constant panic mood. <laughs> so, yeah, that's maybe the difference. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when you're starting, you're like, oh my God, why are we even starting? Why are you doing it? Why am I even doing it? When you're like sending it to print. No, no, but it's a, it's a very, very good panic. Um, as you also, I'm sure, kind of like feel about this, that, yeah, the state of panic doing a magazine. 
um, and also trying to continue as long as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so, let's see how long that goes. Can you give us an update on the new Well, job? we're, um, well, yeah, we're in, right now in kind of like panic mode <laughs> um, because, <laughs> surprise. No, well, we um, are heading, or we headed this uh, year to Moscow. So we spent two months um, on site in March, April. Um, and the issue is being released end of September. And we also have kind of like some news um, when it comes to Flona because, um, as all of you know, and the Mac Culture readers, we've been always publishing twice per year, but we just made the decision three weeks ago, um, and it's not like a slow exit now for us, but we just changed it to once per year that we actually can stay alive because it's just too, I mean, like the production itself, like how we do Flano with this like moving on site and living there and, you know, like really diving into this microcosm in like such an intense way. And in order to like be, be doing it the way we're doing, um, yeah, we, we can only do it once per year. Sure. So can you just talk through the process there? I mean, you mentioned you're spending two months in, in yeah. Moscow making the issue, but presumably before that you were you were looking at your atlas or, or google exactly. maps and trying to work out where you might go T talk yeah. us through the decision making and how, how that all comes about i mean the decision making obviously kind of starts with okay where are we heading next um sometimes we are i mean we have right kind of now the, the luxurious um a situation that we know where we're going after Moscow because we've been invited to go to Sao Paulo by the Goethe Institute. So this is kind of like, <laughs> yeah, like a very amazing relief. Sometimes, yeah, we kind of decide um, to go to the places pretty spontaneously. I mean, we have been, for example, when we did Athens last year, um, we have been discussing, okay, where do we go next? And um, Moscow has always been kind of on the wish list, but up to like this year to January and actually February, February, I did um, a brief research trip with one of the editors, Krasina. We went there to even just like see, you know, like what is Moscow about? Because of course we had kind of like discussions beforehand. Okay, like what is it going to be? And like, like living there on site for two months and should we do it? And we didn't know what to expect at all. So we did like a research trip and after that, and because like our experience was so good and we actually also felt, okay, there's like no risk in a way for us to be going with a magazine like this. So let's do it. But this was then mid February. And then like a month later, we, we decided to go. So like then the whole visa and whatever mm -hmm. scenario was done pretty, pretty, mm -hmm crazily and fast and um, so yeah but it can kind of vary and then we're on site for two months and then we can come back and then it takes like another one and a half months um, to put everything together so I would say in a way in total it's actually like five months mm -hmm. to do an issue mm -hmm. so and this is why like doing two issues per year just yeah. makes us a bit go gaga so, so the, the, your, the, your period actually in the city is like your research time and then you, you gather stuff and bring it back to the design studio yeah. Well, I mean, the designers actually also always come oh, they do. To, the, okay. to the city. Yeah, they're always so Johannes and Michel from Studio Kiko. They're always um, coming also for like 10 days, seven to 10 days, because also they're um, very key. Yeah. Um, to the to the magazine to kind of translate it um, in a visual mm -hmm. um, language. And they're also always coming um, to the to the place. Yeah. And is the fact that you're also doing it once a year now got anything to do with the fact that you're doing this new project, which we're also going to talk about? Um, yes, 
Um, I mean, a little bit. Um, I mean, it was really, I mean, okay, let's say, like, the decision for Flaneur was really also kind of, like, understanding that the potential also for us, because what we're really developing on site is a really great community and people that we get in touch with, and it often just felt like now for us, okay, we're launching the issue, we're there, and then we're, like, right off to, like, the next city, and it was kind of, like, a bit saddening that also, like, we can kind of, like, continue with the relationships and maybe, like, even be present for, like, a longer time, maybe, like, mm -hmm. do even more projects on site with the people that we're connecting with, so this is, like, definitely the major reason why mm -hmm. we're... Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I've been like for the last three and a half year, it's just been like flaneur, flaneur, which is obviously awesome. But I mean, I think everyone can relate to it when you're just like occupied with like one thing every day for three and a half years in order to continue to love it. You have to, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know, have other babies. <laughs> But uh, Rob, is that something you find? Sort of, do you ever, across the 22 issues, you've, have you ever felt a low where you thought, oh, no, no not another one, not another one? <laughs> It's difficult because I think it's that the thing that really that really kind of gets me out of it is is um, the ideas bit at the beginning. That's always the best two or kind of three mm -hmm. weeks I think of the entire process uh, when like you have a blank canvas and you mm -hmm. genuinely could kind of throw anything mm -hmm. at it and you look at things we do. Oh, we do this, we do this, um, and I think that stuff kind of gets me through kind of this. But to be honest with you, I just love it. I, mm -hmm. I, I do like I have a love hate relationship with it, but primarily it's love. And uh, and so no no I have I haven't but I mean you know I've um, I have definitely had that with with other magazine in, in in the past where you just you know you kind of it's it's something you want to you know, try some do some other things um, for sure for sure I mean but I'm intrigued like we're dancing around yes, it what, what the hell is this new magazine yeah, I don't <laughs> know what, it what is. is the new magazine tada and yeah. um, well actually I'm just also doing right now the other magazine this is like one thing that I can really advise never do two magazines at the uh -huh. same time. <laughs> Like, yeah, this is whatever. It's an exception. Um, so we're doing it the hard way. So the next one, which is launching on July 26th, it's official. I can't take it back anymore. Um, it's going to be called Sofa. Life is a chat room. Um, and it's a pretty, yeah, it's very, very different to Flaneur in the sense. Well, first of all, the way it's going to look, because um, it's just going to have 88 pages every time. It's uh, printed on like very, very thin paper. And it's only going to be costing six euro. Mm -hmm. And um, that, I mean, that's like kind of like the fun thing for me. And I definitely always wanted to do another magazine just because when I did Flaneur, I didn't know anything at all when it comes to publishing, which was also like a thing that I would never take back. And it was amazing to like even understand the process of doing something like this. But I just had like this moment this year where I felt like it would be amazing to actually do something where you kind of know what mm -hmm. you're doing. So because obviously, you you know, you gain a bit of experience and you know, like, okay, yeah, I have to like get a barcode and you have to do this. And like already kind of knowing that made it like a lot more fun already um, to like start something off so that you can also really concentrate kind of like more on the concept and not so much about like the whole organization of like things, which was like. Yeah, sometimes really annoying. I thought, okay, I'm just like taking care of, yeah, like how to organize a barcode and whatnot um, when it came to Flaneur. So yeah, um, So Far Life is a chat room and I'm actually co-editing it with Kaya, who we met through the Montreal issue that we've done mm -hmm. with Flaneur, um, which was our third issue. And it's basically about, I mean, Sofa is quite literal, like the, the atmosphere and the tone of the magazine is going to be like having empathetic, respectful conversations, kind of like how you're sitting down with your girlfriends and guy friends on a sofa and, you know, where you can just share your fears, your anxiety, your passions to kind of just understand, you know, what is 
going on right now um, even among your friends among a community and also kind of like formulate maybe prophecies for the future and we're all about also just embracing kind of like the smutty parts of life and embracing the dark corners of our society and yeah it's going to be always about one topic um, and also yeah. you're mentioning that you are going to have a guest editor yes. each issue yeah. can you tell us a bit about where you found your first guest editor well the idea is that we're always so we're always going to concentrate on one topic mm -hmm. um, so we're starting off with the teenagers of today the second one is going to be about cyber love which we're mm -hmm. going to launch in December but we I mean I'm like turning 27 and Kaya's also a bit older we understood okay we're not teens and then also we just you know we felt like it would be like also not fair to talk about teens by like yeah just through our point of view so we decided that we also always want to have like a guest editor who's kind of introducing us to this world mm -hmm. so I spent hours and days on Instagram looking for teens um, <laughs> writing tons of like direct Instagram messages or whatever they're called um, a lot of teens haven't even responded in the beginning <laughs> which was also very surprising to me but you were like okay whatever <laughs> Um, I mean, these days they have like 80,000 followers and they don't even like read the messages mm -hmm. because they're like, yeah, they, I don't know, they're okay, receiving, nice. I guess, like thousand messages per day. And then there's this weird girl from Berlin, like, hey, we're doing a magazine, <laughs> like whatever. So, but we found one and she's amazing. Her name is Andy and she's based in New Jersey. She's 16 years old. Um, and also her um, Instagram account, which is Spooky Teenager, um, is, oh yeah, it's just like a treasure. And like I fell in love with her over her Instagram account. Will the issue have multiple conversations? I mean, it's, it's a multiple relationships and multiple avenues, yeah? yeah? And yeah. is it kind of like the conversations you have on the sofa with people that aren't necessarily there, like these conversations that you have over... Skype. I mean, Skype, it's kind of like digital, like we're right now having like a digital conversation, like a digital sofa conversation. And I had them with Kaya for like the last two and a half years. So it's also, mm -hmm. the, I mean, it's also definitely going to be a mix of, uh, yeah, um, digital and analog conversations. But it's also, I mean, even though that we're going to focus now on teens, it's going to be a magazine for everyone. And we'll also have like other people contributing mm -hmm. Um, about it we actually have like a guy who is um, based in New York and he worked last year on a huge project with like Pepsi like one of those Pepsi corporation projects um, and he's just kind of like revealing the truth how like big corporations are trying to like uh, I don't know infiltrate like the souls of teens and how they're trying to like you know target them so there's there's like a different mix um, how we're going to approach um, The different topics but yeah we just really like the idea of always having kind of a guest editor mm -hmm. yeah and, and is that going to be what, once a year as well or twice twice a year twice. Okay. yeah twice a so year. it might yeah. sort of overlap with thinner slightly yeah but i'm definitely gonna like have a look at my production calendar and like not <laughs> have it overlap too much so are you going to so is it is it going to be mainly like Q&A interviews then or is it going to be written through pieces will there be photo a, photo features and yeah stuff? it's a total mix I mean we even like going to run like a six page story which is going to be an anonymous text conversation of teens that we were introduced to actually by Andy our guest editor who are part of the LGBTQ plus community her like friends Yeah, there's going to be classic articles, essays, Q&As, portraits, but we're, we're very open because obviously like the way that we talk today is also, you know, happening in so many forums and email conversations and mm -hmm. yeah, so life is the chat room. And you're working with Yukiko again on the design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got an idea for your cover yet? 
Um, funny story because yesterday I was actually street casting um, the cover girl um, because also yeah we we're having like a bigger fashion story that where I also found like teens on the street um, but the cover story um, because we're looking obviously we're very much aware and what we're also going to try to do have as much as diversity also when it comes to voices but then also when it comes to looks so we on the for the cover we're looking for like a 15 to 22 year old Asian teen mm -hmm. and I've been spending like a lot of time yesterday on the streets of Berlin and yeah <laughs> going to my favorite like Chinese restaurants and asking them if they have like a daughter or I don't know <laughs> so yeah this is why I think the making off uh, also maybe deserves an own issue yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's always exciting to hear of a new magazine. Oh, and it's just going to cost six euro. Yeah, no, this is, a, this is a very good idea. So an independent yeah. magazine at a reasonable yeah. price yes. that is actually and kind of like small and manageable. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. this was also like one thing that I definitely, I mean, not learned. I mean, obviously, Flaneur will always stay the way as it is. And I never want to cut down there the cost. So like it's going to be affordable. I rather than actually not continue doing Flaneur if it like has to become like way cheaper. <laughs> but I was also, I mean, obviously, we all love magazines. But like the, the more often I go to Do You Read Me, I'm like, where are all those magazines like coming from? And mm -hmm. they're always costing 15 to 20 euro. And it's so funny because then we always are kind of like whining and we're all saying we can't live off that well of course not you know like when the production costs are crazy and now even with like the six euro because it's really printed on super thin cheap paper there's like no difference even in paper i even have a margin with like six euro you know which is like crazy to me this is really interesting. I think this is maybe the next kind of, this is the next logical step for independent magazines. So the yeah. aesthetic before was very kind of clear. Um, uh, and it was all about making the most of print because the argument that we were trying to win was that there was still a place for print in the digital mm -hmm. age when everything was either digital or kind of crappy th free throwaway stuff. Yeah. And actually that argument has kind of been won. You know, there's, you know, mm -hmm. there's this kind of tremendous yeah. kind of flowering bit of stuff. Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> take that <laughs> digital. But... <laughs> this this totally makes sense, you know. Actually, and and you know, if I was going to do another magazine, I'd be doing exactly the same thing as you guys. Do yeah, it. Yeah, no, something kind of like how, how smaller and sharper and stuff like that. How much is it? Yeah. It's ten pounds, um, or okay. it's I think in euros, it's yeah, it's fourteen euros. You know, so it's 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 a bookazine. You know, it's it's yeah. uh, so something kind Don't of say a that bit word. more. It's a MOOC. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know something something a bit more kind of snappy and where you might actually yeah, yeah. have some margin on it that, mm. I think that's a, a seriously good idea the other thing that I think <laughs> might be the future yeah. is magazines the size of makeshift because yeah. of the very mm. fundamental uh, fact that um, they get through people's letterboxes and I still have this ridiculous oh, situation this insane situation where when I get through my kind of complimentary copy of my new issue uh, sent mm -hmm. out to me it doesn't fit through my own door and I have to go to the next door neighbours to get it what a ridiculous situation to be magazine. in of my own magazine and I'm never going to change but, it but, but, but your magazine is not big you must have it's not even that big I have got quite a small postbox yeah, yeah, yeah but still you know Anyway, I want But even the shipping cost, yeah. you know, like Flannel yeah. is ridiculous and it weighs like even like me carrying it, I'm sometimes like, why? Why are we doing 155 pages? Mm. Why does it weigh so much? And like and this large. thingy is gonna be mm. yeah. Like sofa is like you're not gonna even feel it. And like the shipment cost will almost be nothing. So yeah. Um and this is also just what's very important for us to just have kind of like an accessible um, magazine that also yeah maybe just doesn't even like appeal to this like one scene you know of like 
I don't know, design lovers who buy it for 15 euro. And mm-hmm. but, but, there, mm-hmm. but there are so many kind of different parts, the jigsaw of, what, of how much something costs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, if you look at, um, I mean, two of the most successful magazines in, in, in the independent market remain um, Fantastic Man and The Gentlewoman. Right. And they're both, yeah. I think, uh, six pounds and six fifty, respectively, yeah. because they, they they've got a scale that, uh, and and they're in an yeah. area that cap that does attract significant yeah. advertising revenue. <laughs> so that works for them. Speaking of Everton, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. We will do a whole special magcast one day about advertising. But right. Rob Rob is holding out makeshift there for the size yeah, of its we pages. We should return our attention. Yes. And we, I think we should shift. we should turn to that now. I think we should all start by going around yeah. and saying what a highlight was for yes. each of us. Um, so, Ricardo, what was yeah, your highlight? I, I would like to start my speech. <laughs> well, um, I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't know when you, when the podcast will will air, but it doesn't matter because everyone will remember the day. Um, what day is it today? Today, I don't even. The day is twenty fourth of June, right? Mm-hmm. It's- and, and it was the day when the UK, yeah, when the UK decided to leave the European Union. Um, and well, first of all, what I have to say about Makeshift, um, it was the first time I've read it, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know why I haven't read it before. And it's kind of like sad that they're not continuing. But obviously, for me, like I still have then all of the other issues left, so that's great. But um, yeah, I mean, just in combination of today and like reading this in like the last two days and I even like when I when I found out the results of today and I kind of like picked up the magazine again because I remembered um, like one of his sentences from the editorial, which I'm going to read oh, wow, and I've even <laughs> highlighted it in green. You can't, I mean, maybe you can see that, but I'm well prepared readers. So he was, or he's saying, a cursory read of any makeshift issue can serve as a solid reminder that many boundaries are, to a certain extent, a state of mind. Fixed lines in the sand can be shifted or erased altogether, technology hacked or reimagined to break into new realms, innovative ways of looking at the world can change it. And I just hope that whatever boundary we've been given today is going to be maybe a good one. Yeah, and we, we we should just explain that the, the boundaries is, is yeah. the theme of this one particular oh, issue. Oh yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly the sort of theme and, and uh, area of interest that they've always maintained. But this one being boundaries is particularly, as you say, opposite to, to today, where I think we're all sitting here as if we've been punched in the stomach. Um, yeah. True enough. Yeah. So, like having read this, actually gave me kind of hope. Yeah, I can see that. So. Especially there's that like in the beginning where they talk about like positive things to do with yeah. boundaries. Yeah. So there's one where they discuss like a volleyball match that happens over the right. Mexican and like US border, and it's just like yeah. all these like stranger things associated with borders and the things that you don't normally necessarily and think about. Even on page seventy, so like maybe if like London or whatever kind of like area in the UK wants to become like its own country. Yeah. There is even like on oh, page yeah. seventy, which I, which I'm definitely, yeah, exactly. This was so this was like, my highlight. This was this was yeah, the one that spoke the to me. Too, of course. <laughs> so what? Yeah, whatever is gonna fail, like whatever magazine I'm gonna create at one point, just my own country, following yeah. those four easy steps. And yeah, I don't know, maybe Scotland can look at that, or I don't know who. London. Scotland are, are already, <laughs> already yeah, the way ahead of you. <laughs> that, that's happened. Well, yeah. It's just a case well, of how well, London universe. follows. Yeah. Exactly. Rob, what was your highlight? Well, I love uh, makeshift, and I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I've always admired it um, because, mm-hmm. well, because it's beautiful, and because it's intelligent, and because it's filled with an embarrassment of riches, 
Um, and I feel about Makeshift the same way as I felt about Colours magazine, um, mm. which is I kind of I looked up to both of them, um, and I love the fact that they would spend one page or two pages on a story that you could happily spend ten or twelve on, but it's almost this. Um, almost this kind of eagerness to show off like the spoils that they found because each right. one is it's a relatively small magazine yeah. mm-hmm. but in it there's probably a hundred new ideas new experiences yeah. new um kind of you know types of dealing with human situations which is what the whole thing's about that you you hadn't thought of before um and there's do you ever wish that they would go a bit further like because that also because it's also standardized and each is the same length yeah or that's how I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I just wish it could be a bit longer, but then it is in this. Format, but this is so that this is a springboard magazine. This is a magazine yeah. that you're going to sit and you have a coffee with, and you're like, I feel energized. People out there are doing yep. yeah. amazing right. things. Very I'm going to do it myself. Absolutely, a, yeah. a large part of it. I mean, they they launched a TV channel, and there's a lot. There's a lot of yeah. online. Or that okay. I think that's rather slowed down as well. But there was. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly. Mm. Uh, the the point of the magazine was was as the starting point to encourage you into the other channels and to yes. and to importantly join in and, and as with colours mm-hmm. photography mm-hmm. is is everything mm. I, I always I was always amazed at the photography colours got just just insane pictures and these guys you know clearly put um, exactly the same amount of effort in and they just get these beautiful extraordinary kind of uh, pictures sometimes you're just like how did you get how did you get yeah. a people smuggler who was clearly in the middle of smuggling did people you make that up? <laughs> to take a photo <laughs> how did you do that that's brilliant and um and you know i always love these little bits as well they always have this kind of like very beautiful uh, bit at the beginning where you have just a couple of killer facts that you kind of scan through some mini it's very structured stuff, isn't it? yeah it's it's, it's brilliant it's a sad loss it really is because there's there's a ton of um there's a ton of indie mags out there obviously but there's also a ton of kind of navel gazing nonsense filled kind of like hipster indie mags that i think um you know this is this is proper this is proper research and showing you stories that you don't get elsewhere which is which is really sad that's going and i think the, the, the other thing that's worth mentioning about it uh, is is uh, the the way it's made it's, it's a virtual team that mm-hmm. everybody's in a different mm-hmm. country in a different place mm-hmm. in a different time zone and if, if we're talking about magazines being hard to to to, to produce that that can't be the, uh, that must be the hardest example of all is if you're not even in the same space let alone the same mm-hmm. time zone I mean I, I, I don't know how they, they kept it going because there's something lovely about it and actually they talk about it and uh, they talked about it in their, their post that they put up uh, about, about stopping and you know like these yeah, what different... did they say actually about stopping uh, well I I, I, I I highlighted a bit in orange you'll be pleased to know look I'll, I'll show you I'll show you my highlighting oh, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Did they give any reason, or I think they just mm. ran out of steam. I mean, mm, I mean, it's, okay. it's 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 a it's a beautifully, as you would expect, a beautifully put together note mm-hmm. of kind of uh, uh, retirement, if you like. Um, yeah. But it's the time to move on from the core operations of our quarterly magazine, um, and uh, as I'm sure uh, something we can all um, sympathise with. When we started, we didn't even know for sure if we could make it past issue one. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did and 15, each late, uh, 15 issues later we're still proud to look back on each of those issues I think that's something that I mean 15 issues is quite a substantial yeah. body of work and as you say Ricardo you've, you've got another 14 yet to read back on <laughs> but I think also this is a great example of a magazine that will kind of it will stand the test of time it, it, it is of yeah. its time and will be you know looked back on as a kind of research tool for a certain yeah. period of time do you think that this could exist um does it have to be a magazine? This is one of the things I was thinking. Like, I can imagine a lot of this content online and reading it and it being really, really wonderful as well there. And I'm just wondering, like, does it have to be in this format? Do you think it will continue digitally or...? 
I th- well, it, from the letter, it doesn't sound like they, they're going to... Mm. I, mean, I mean, they're sort of talking about trying to update it, but if, when you have a look yeah. online, it hasn't been updated for a while and the TV mm. channel's no. been dormant. Um, yeah. I have a sense that it's not really going anywhere now. I, I, I hope that's not the case, because uh, I'd love to see it go on. And it could... I mean, in a sense, for, for, to me, and it kind of crosses on what you were saying, Rob, in the sense that the makeshift is almost an online project that's been put into mm-hmm. print you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. quite heavily templated and formatted mm-hmm. which i think is how they managed to do it at all given that they're in a virtual space even a magazine like delay gratification relies on you being in the room with your art director and, exactly yeah and jumping mm-hmm. it together even though yeah. you've got a, quite a large number of, sort of tools and regular components yes, you can use yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, in, in, sorry but in, yeah, <laughs> in ricardo's case she you know they're, mm-hmm. they're going to a whole new city and tearing it all up yeah. and yeah, again yeah, every true, time true, true. well I mean hats off to these guys for making a truly genuinely international editorial mm. team work and mm. pull it together for 15 issues and kicking mm. ass and making something that's you know like they can be genuinely proud of that's amazing but I do think you know I, I think if we had been trying to do that with our mag we wouldn't have lasted beyond issue two uh, because mm. I think you know just there's so much that comes out in that last week of kind of you know people sitting and drinking too much coffee mm-hmm. in an office you know and, and like you know and just kind of back and forth and going and, mm-hmm. and like tiny little tweaks that really brings the whole thing together yeah. and there's so much as well that kind of can slip through the gaps if you're if you're mm-hmm. just in, in multiple different places but i'm sad i'm sad that it's gone i think it's um yeah. you know it's a really it was a really fantastic piece of work and a great idea and a very well-defined magazine as well i mean like mm-hmm. like flaneur as well with a, a really strong central idea mm-hmm. at the heart of it which means that everything else just spirals out from that you know mm-hmm. and if you this is what i always say to people who kind of um, who come to me and say they want to launch a magazine? He's like, can you mm-hmm. can you sum it up, mm-hmm. you know, in a sentence? Mm-hmm. It's like any business. Yeah. Can you sum it up in a sentence? Because if you can't, it's the not a good idea. Pitch. Yeah, it is. It's like this. It's ele- elevator pitch, and like a lot of them are just, you know, I want to do like a kind of a travel magazine with a twist because it's also about like yeah. sustainable <laughs> food. And you're like, yeah. nah, no, 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 no. The world doesn't need any more of that. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's about like it's about kind of coffee and like beard trimming and stuff. You're like, mm, nah. Um, and you know, this is it's hard enough to make makeshift work. Yeah. So, you know, that other stuff isn't going to work. But I was, because it was the first time that I've read it, and I just even, like, think the the platform they're giving to those amazing people, I mean, yeah, first of all, how are you even finding them? But then, like, even just the platform that they're giving them is so amazing, and there are even, like, so many projects and people where I now kind of, like, want to even follow. Like, mm. are they developing it? Is it, like, happening in the real, you know, like, future, those ideas? And so I even, like, think it's so amazing that they have been, um, yeah, the selection of people and the community and how mm-hmm. how um mm-hmm. yeah just how inspiring it is and even like yeah on a day like this i just felt like okay yeah mm-hmm. uh makeshift is gonna yeah it's like a tool rob where do you how do you find your stories and how do you sort of when do you use a lot of writers on in the on the ground or do you send people over like how do you find the stories that you profile well we do um we do a mix of stuff, I suppose. And um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that's generated by the team, a lot of ideas that are generated mm-hmm. by the team. But then quite often we'll track out a journalist who's on the ground to cover them. And then we yeah. get tons and tons of pitches, endless pitches. Um, a lot of them are, are bad pitches. Um, and um, But then you get kind of the occasional sort of diamonds among them and you kind of work them up. And we've always wanted to work with, you know, new journalists. Yeah, because part, mm-hmm. part of the point of the magazine was to give journalists a place where they could be funded to do properly researched, long-form features, you know, and, and really get to grips with the subject and take their time over it. Um, so it's, a, it's kind of it's a big, big mix of, of, of people that we get it from. 
Um, and we have over the years kind of developed certain people we like to go to because we know that they're a safe pair of hands. But we also love it when we discover somebody new and we work with them over three months to kind of really pull something great together. Um, so we have kind of mentoring. Yeah, well, I mean, I think so. I think one of the things about um, about the sort of horribly parlous state of journalism today is that editors are so overworked and, and, and the resource that they very rarely have the time to work properly with journalists on stories. Actually, if you're properly well edited and mm-hmm. it's a collaborative process and you see that your work improves at the mm-hmm. end, then that's that's the best thing that you can get yeah. as a journalist. I mean, obviously, like we're all, <laughs> we all know as well because we also write as well how much you hate it when your words are changed as well. But still, you know, you, there, there's that kind of process there. So I think being well edited is something that independent magazines can offer because they have that slight extra kind of time and that closer relationship as well. Um, and they're not trying well, you, to knock yeah, stuff It's out. interesting you say that. I, I think that, you know, it's, it's come up before in discussions and, and we, I'm sure we've all faced it. You, you, you read your magazine, it's a really interesting article, but it's not very well edited yeah. it's not very well written yeah. so it's so often the case something can look yeah. beautiful but it's just missing that part yeah. certainly I've I, I definitely feel when, when I contribute a piece to anyone whether it's for online or in print or whatever I've written if, I want to get that feedback yeah I want it mm-hmm. you know, if someone doesn't come back and say look this in this part in paragraph four yeah blah 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 yeah then I, then I, sometimes I, I've submitted stuff and I think I, you haven't even read it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or it feels like that? you know yeah, yeah. yeah that's very that's very dispiriting yeah um, because you want you to be want you, know, you want your name to go out over something that's mm-hmm. been kind of like part of a whole group process of, of feeding into it and so on and beautifully designed as well and beautifully printed and all of these all of these things yeah um, and I think it is something that we we can offer. And I think that's actually to go back to makeshift. I think that was something they were always amazing at. Yes, you know, right. despite yeah. this intercontinental yeah. process, yeah. everything's yeah. so sharp, it's so tight. You know, yeah. not kind of a yeah. word out of place. They've obviously worked quite hard with their collaborators to get the right yeah. tone yeah. to like edit it properly, but, and to it, get the story together. Absolutely, it's a remarkable achievement to to yeah. uh, have managed that working in that manner and but maybe part of that is because the pieces are quite brief so they they are kind of like it's like templates yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. like the article itself is a kind of template in the way but that it's, it's so written. difficult to like i don't know do like very brief good yeah it's true especially like yeah like you have those like stories or amazing people and naturally you would actually probably have the tendency to give them like five pages and ex- yeah. you know like describe their way and like really go in depth but yeah yeah, I don't know how they manage it. It's really, really well done. Yeah. So actually a fantastic example of condensing an amazing story into a relatively small space is this this story that they have about uh, the Peshmerga, uh, this Kurdish group in northern Iraq that took on ISIS. Um, and I just, you know, I love it. It's, it's very spare. They've just picked out, like the four photos that you need to really kind of tell this story. Mm-hmm. And then what is that? There's maybe kind of three, four hundred words. And in that, you're already in the scene, you're immersed in it, mm-hmm. you're getting something out of it. I mean, we ran a story um, on the Hashtag Shabi, which is a uh, uh, militia um, taking on ISIS um, in, in Anbar province, and actually across across Iraq now. And we went to town and we had 4,000 words and all these um, kind of big pictures. And it was a massive edit. It took forever. And they, you know, they did something that I'm not going to say it's equally as good because, you know, you need a lot of words sometimes. But, you know, that's something that really resonated with me uh, in a similar way, I think. It was just as appropriate. And yeah, exactly. Was, yeah, for, for, yeah. For, for the kind of the context of the magazine, it's perfect. So I think it's, it's fair to say we're all going to miss Makeshift. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. we will. Yeah. RIP. We're going to read all of their back issues. How much do they have? 14? Uh, 14 others. They're 14, one, yeah. which are, I okay. believe are all... Uh, if they're not actually available now, they're, they're, they're going to be um, put, putting them up Panic. online. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, perfect. Collectors like yeah. Uh, and they've, they've also promised uh, to carry on events. 
Yes, because they've always done these makeshift reading groups um, where they've sort of encouraged people to mm-hmm. read the magazine together around the world and discuss it. And I think they're going to continue that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are both of your approaches to events? Well, we're, I mean, we've started doing this with Renault already a bit. We're actually doing um, one literature event next week with a bookstore here in Berlin, um, where we're going to talk about uh, Flaneur books um, that we've been like reading and just going to have like an open table discussion. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I feel like, I don't know, magazines are, are doing this more and more because obviously there's like an existing community and it's, it's nice also to just like even see like who are the people who like read the stuff that you're um, throwing mm-hmm. out there and to have like kind of like a direct feedback because that obviously is always kind of the problem no? that like print magazines have because you don't have like right away like the digital feedback but you don't know what the person is thinking while they're like reading unless they don't write you like a I don't know fan letter or not a fan letter <laughs> and so but this is why I feel like yeah doing events and kind of like creating kind of like sort of like a universe um, and we're definitely doing this for Sofa obviously because also the name um, Steph definitely gonna work yeah, with yeah, that yeah. just having sofa events um <laughs> nice. on very comfortable um yeah <laughs> sofas <laughs> yeah yeah we're actually having this um column um which is called the dirty pillow talk which is always going to be about <laughs> kind of something yeah awkward and weird that is happening in our society and actually for the first issue um it's going to be about um shoplifting girls oh, okay. um who team up through the internet Um, and organize themselves but um, yeah so even like we were thinking if we should have like smutty dirty pillow talk events I, I was wondering about having a shoplifting event <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, exactly at your shop no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow so, what about you I can't Rob? compete with either of those things a smutty dorky smutty dirty pillow talk event sounds much better than anything we ever do as is a shoplifting event we do infographics classes yeah we could really we can have pillow fights we could confuse people we could teach them some infographic stuff and then have a massive pillow fight and then steal stuff from them yeah no so we do um, we do well we do the same as everybody else which is we're trying to build a kind of community and a membership rather than just subscribers and readers Um, so we do free infographics classes uh, because infographics have always been a big thing of ours um, at our office in Somerset House in London um, and then we do uh, journalism, slow journalism nights at the V&A and the Design Museum so people get to come down, they get to meet our journalists who do presentations, show them their latest work and we have a nice cold beer on the terrace um, and that's all fantastic. We're doing our first documentary screening soon um, of an amazing documentary um, by a Dutch uh, journalist who's been working on um, a do- documentary about a year in Paris, last year in Paris between the two attacks and um, we want to do more and more and more of that sort of stuff. Um, we can't necessarily make them all free because the subscriptions don't necessarily kind of cover all of that but we will do things in how to launch an independent mm-hmm. magazine uh photojournalism investigative journalism all sorts of things like that to give some some real kind of uh value to our and, readers mm-hmm. and the do you find it a positive getting to getting to meet the readers and it's getting so feedback? nice yeah. uh, to be honest with you with the first couple of times i did it i was slightly braced in case they were a bunch of weirdos and actually they turned out to be like they're the readers from central casting they're sort of like they're intelligent engaged creative good humored uh, people um, and so we just had our last class um, a couple of days ago and we had um, beer and pizza and we had um, lots of infographics fun and people doing sketches and coming up with stuff and it's a lovely it's a lovely experience it's fantastic mm-hmm. i love our readers mm-hmm. they're great Great. Okay, well, listen, um, thank you both for joining us. Thank you both. Thank you for having us digitally. <laughs> uh, very much looking forward to seeing Sofa. Me too. Um, 
When is it released again? Uh, 26th of July. Okay. So. Very soon. Very soon. Very, very mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. As I say, thank you both. Madeline and I will be back next month with another MagCast mm-hmm. when our focus of the attention will turn to ID magazine. One of the longest standing independent magazines. Well, it was independent. Um, it's, been, it's been through various ownerships, but it's now, I think, owned by Vice. So we'll be looking at, 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 at ID next time. In the meantime, um, try and grab a copy of the last issue of Makeshift. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, thank you for listening. Thank you.